Hi, and welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast, episode 16. You don't want to check that? No, no, no. It's 16. I'm Sarah. I'm Emma. We are siblings. Yep. (laughs) It's been a while since we recorded. I feel It hasn't. It's been a week. Nah. Oh, okay. It's been two weeks. I feel rusty. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, It's been a long day. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I've had the flu this week, so if my voice sounds weird, it doesn't at all. Why? It doesn't sound nasally. No. I mean, ours do ordinarily. Yeah. That's just the Australian accent. Yeah, we've got the twang. Anything we need to address at the top? Probably a few things. Taylor Swift is so good. Elon Musk is a piece of shit. You mentioned in your in one of your episodes that he was smart. I'd like to walk that back for you. <laughs> uh, he is a piece of shit. I mean, he's he's. I I think he's like dumb and smart at the same time. He's like one of those people that's really smart academically, but is so dumb in any real world scenario. I think he was just given a whole bunch of money by his daddy and he certainly had a leg up in life. Yeah, of course. And he's fucking tanking Twitter. Yeah. It's kind of funny to watch though. Yeah, from, but, from the sidelines, I have no stake in it. I don't use Twitter. No, me neither. But I also saw someone that was like, someone said, well, pe- people use Twitter to get their stories out and to stay connected with the world and like it's affecting these people in these countries you know i hate to make it i hate to say you shouldn't laugh at it (laughs) (laughs) well i already am you shouldn't Um, it's it's if if twitter goes down something else will take its place trump announced that he's running again in 2024 don't know if you saw that yeah i did i did of course in terms uh probably what we need to mention is um to Tell your friends to listen, like, subscribe, review if you like review. it. As we've said before, only if you like it. If you're not a fan, then feel free to just not do anything. Well, you can email us feedback as long as it's constructive. Yep. We don't want to hear, oh. One of the girls sounds like she has a cold. <laughs> and that's from like episode two or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, fair, fair call. And then, and then they'll be like, yeah, that episode about glitches in the matrix. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Check us out on Instagram. <laughs> Shannon told all her friends. Really? Yeah. Did any of them start listening? I don't know. But I know that one of them started following us on Instagram at least. Really? Who? Yeah. I don't want to have and I just have not. I didn't think we had any new people. Except Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Sarah finally told her husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We should probably do that. Just start telling our friends to tell all their friends. Yeah, well, most of my friends know now. Disregard most of the intros because it gets good after that. <laughs> I mean, good is subjective. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, well, let's just get into it then because yeah, this is a mess. In. Yeah. Um, so you know what I'm talking about today? Kelly Lane. Yes. And you told me before we started recording that you already know a little bit about it and you believe that she is guilty. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, well, it's going to get spicy then because I actually am not sure that she is. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, I'm going to get into the case of Kelly Lane. Wonderful. My sources this week are Wikipedia, <laughs> murderpedia.org, Exposed, the case of Kelly Lane uh, on ABC iView, everysarahsreport.com and episode 173 and 174 of the Red Handed podcast. Oh, they covered it. They did. Also, just a little plug for ABC iView. Do you have that? Yeah. Okay. It's on all smart TVs. Yeah, I know. But do you use it? Like, have you made a profile and stuff? That doesn't sound very convincing. I think I have. 
It's really good. That documentary, is that not made? They suggest that she might be innocent? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they raised some questions. Good points. They did raise some very good points. All right, all right. And you will see. Have you ever <laughs> seen that documentary? Yeah, I think uh, – so the guy that I used to work with um, – he made me watch it. It's a weird recommendation from her. Yeah, he, he, he was one that was like, uh, I'm pretty sure that he... Oh, I remember, yeah. Yeah. He, um, he also... But he was also really cool, hey? But he was just like a, something a bit off. There was something very off about him. Yeah. But I definitely stayed on his good side. Yeah. As you know. Can I leave that in? So, yeah, of course. He's not okay. going to listen. Okay. And if he does, he won't know who I'm talking about because multiple people have left my workplace. Right. <laughs> Because I work in a terrible workplace. <laughs> <laughs> it pays to work in a bad environment. <laughs> oh, we got that staff turnover, baby. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> Alrighty. In May of next year, Kelly Lane will be eligible for parole after being convicted of murdering her newborn daughter, Tegan. She's served 13 and a half years of an 18-year sentence. This case, as well as being all around quite sad regardless of if you think she did it or not, is truly bizarre. Would you say it's bloody bizarre? I would say it's bloody bizarre. (laughs) And for a lot of people, it's still a mystery. So let's get into it. Kelly Lane was born in 1975 in New South Wales to Robert and Sandra Lane. The Lanes were quite well known in their area of Manly as the dad, Robert, was a pretty up there rugby player and surfer. And then after he stopped doing that, he became a cop but he was also like the rugby coach there. Mm-hmm. Sandra was the water polo coach and also worked, I think, in the hospital. And so they were kind of like this like local celebrities. Yeah, kind yeah, of like a, 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 not around town. I want to say like a cool family. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, yeah, like they were they were pretty well not well off. They weren't like wealthy, but like I know you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I know what you mean, and I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people who were friends with Kelly at the time did say that the lanes. What's had... that saying? Strangers should be a little strange. Yeah, and I don't think these people. Would well, you been... would hate where they lived. Yeah, because Manly, where Kelly grew up, it's been described as the Insula Peninsula. Yuck. <laughs> A lot of people have said that it was almost like a little country town and that everyone knew everyone's business. It looked how nice. Like, it looked like... Yeah, well, Manly's on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like a, like, coastal town. Um, and Sydney, right? Yeah, yeah, near Sydney. Yeah, but, so... But I mean, its own little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If... A friend of Kelly said of Manly that, um, yeah, like, everyone's in everyone else's business. And she said, so you learn to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. They also said that she had a good relationship with her parents. It sounds like maybe though they never had any like difficult conversations. Like yeah. it, it was more. It's, it's those like those kinds of families. They, I mean, not. I'm not saying that we had those kinds of conversations <laughs> with mum and dad, but they. It, it's like uh, we mustn't talk about appearances it. are very uh, important. So important. Mm-hmm. It's like if, if Kelly, um, you know, if someone fell pregnant at the age of 13, she would have the kid and then the mum would say, oh, it's a latent life baby and I'm raising her. Yeah, well, yeah I, you know, it's, it's her, the sister. Yeah, 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 something like that, yeah. So Kelly was a sporty kid through childhood and it also sounds like she did some pretty full-on training. So she has said herself that she thinks she sort of became quite good at compartmentalising at this age when she was a kid. Because when she was like eight, nine, ten years old, she was doing really hardcore training and she was saying that like 
she'd be tired, she'd be sore, she wouldn't want to do it, but she would have to push through to do the training. And so she sort of... She was a swimmer, yeah? Yeah, she became a water polo yeah. player, but I think she did other sporty stuff. Like yeah. she did heaps of sporty stuff. She's Her house, there's like medals and trophies and stuff. Um, well, I suppose when your mum is a water polo player, your dad is a rugby and surfer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So in other words, it's almost like she was conditioned to put her feelings aside from quite a young age. Mm-hmm. So Kelly went to a good school. She went to a good university. She had a large group of friends. She was a successful water polo player at an international level. She was described as sporty and popular, not typical of a murderer, perhaps. <clears throat> I don't think that's um, fair to say. Well, it's not typical of a murderer. Again, I don't think that's fair to say. Well, most murderers don't have this kind of... Some do. One does, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) When she was 15, Kelly was raped, and that was her first, like, proper sexual encounter. I I don't think that's talked about very often. Nobody really talks about that. And I think that that's extremely relevant when you look at the way she sort of... The way things end up later on um but they never they never bring that up and she's reflected that since then she felt a lack of control around her body remembering so she was 15 when she was raped she got pregnant when she was 17 so yeah in 1992 when kelly was in her last year of high school she fell pregnant to her then boyfriend aaron um his initial reaction was you're on the pill how did this happen Mm. and he wanted kelly to have an abortion to have an abortion To start off with, Kelly didn't actually want to, but she ended up agreeing. They both ended up agreeing that they were too young to raise a baby. And in the documentary, the ABC one, they interview this Aaron guy, and you can see that he feels quite guilty about how everything shook out because um, he said that she was devastated. So they um, actually... So they could have had the abortion done in Manly, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. They... He dropped Kelly off at the ferry. She went across and got it done somewhere else. And Outside then... Side of the Insula Peninsula. Exactly. Yeah. But he, he said that when he picked her up afterwards, she was absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. After that, she didn't access any counselling or anything. And aside from Aaron, nobody else knew. And Aaron himself, he was 17 as well. And it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe he didn't sort of know how to handle it. No. Um, so I think it's fair to say she had very little support around that. And I guess another instance where she maybe didn't have control. control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 1994, she fell pregnant again. So this was when she was 19. Um, and I'm, this happens a few, a few more times. Um, so this time, this time was quite different from when it happened in 1992. This time she was in the process of breaking up with Aaron. So she didn't tell him about the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. This time she didn't tell anyone. This was a complete secret. Secondly, she found out a lot later than with the first one. So she had to have a late-term abortion. Um, She was 20 weeks pregnant when she had this abortion. That is very late. That means nothing to me. Explain it to me. Okay. So when I was 20 weeks, I I was already showing and I could already feel movements. Okay. 20 weeks is... That's a baby. Like, I did feel conflicted. Sorry, now anti-choice. <laughs> I'm a pro-lifer. I've just become pro-life. It's called anti-choice for your information. Um, I actually have included in here, because as much like as much as that does conflict me to read, like, a, a, an abortion at 20 weeks, I'm like, holy fuck, that's late. 
only about 1.3% of abortions happen this late. So for any like people who are against abortion out there that are like, you know, like to say that that's why abortion should be banned. Most of them do not occur this late. It's very unusual. It's actually unusual that they let her do this without a medical reason. But yeah, so she was able to have this abortion, but because it was so late, it's a two step process. And she, this one was apparently really traumatic. It was a really traumatic abortion, which it would be because at 20 weeks, it's a baby. So she has since reflected that it was probably the traumatic nature of this abortion that caused her to take her other pregnancies to term because she didn't want to go through that again, basically. That's a spoiler. The, the next pregnant, the next time she gets pregnant, she does not get an abortion. She doesn't get an abortion again after this. That's the last time she has an abortion. She fell pregnant again in the same year. Uh, Kelly, yes. girl. So fast forward to January of 1995. Kelly was deep in her water polo era at this time. And in January, her team was playing here in Perth. She, so a coach of another team has since come forward and said that at that match, Kelly was obviously pregnant and due to how rough of a sport water polo is, like it's, uh, it's tough. Like there's Mm. kicking, there's hitting, there's punching, there's like scratching, Mm. pulling people under the water. Mm. Um, so she, this other coach raised it and talked to the, to like to her coach and was like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was like, no, she's not pregnant. So, yeah, it was brushed off, but this other coach estimated that Kelly was about six months pregnant at the time, and she was spot on. She was six months pregnant. Apparently girls... To to guess that she's six months pregnant, and for that to be correct, she must have been big. Yeah, she must have looked like like an average average bump for a six-month pregnant. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it gets crazier. Um, So apparently girls from other teams had also said they thought she was pregnant, but her own teammates and her own coach and none of them twigged and guess who the manager of the team was the mum. oh the mum was managing the team yeah that's some denial if yeah. they weren't i'm amazed that nobody approached the mum. like i can imagine if you if surely they if did. they thought that she was pregnant maybe they didn't want to speak to her because they're like well if maybe she's not, that's going to be really offensive to her. Yeah. But surely then you'd say to the mum, like, you know, Kelly's I've, not pregnant, is she? Like, that's, you know, like. I've been around two separate people that have asked someone when they're due, when they're not, when the person isn't pregnant. I've seen it happen once. Like, why the fuck do people still say that? No, I know. Unless you're like very, well, that's, I guess that's what happened here maybe is that people didn't want to say it because they were like, oh, well, yeah, I'm be rude. those instincts arrived and it happened twice and it is <laughs> uncomfortable. So there you go. This is why the Kelly Lane case yeah. happened because yeah. people were just trying to avoid an awkward situation. Uh, they were right. <laughs> But yeah, like, wouldn't you ask yeah. the mum if she's the team yeah, manager? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you would. Yes, yeah. you would. And I would argue that perhaps some people did. And the mum was in such denial, or you know, the mum has said she had no idea. And bullshit. I would also say that perhaps the mother is still trying to protect that image that they all have, and it's like, no, she's not pregnant. It's apparently because they they asked the mum like, how could you not know? And apparently, she spent a lot of time with a towel around her waist, and she would like go to the water's edge with the towel, sit on the side of the pool and then slide out of sli- it. Like yeah, a, slide into the water. Like filling falling out of a burrito. Yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, you know, anyway, in March of that year, Kelly's team made it to the grand final and she played in it. And yes, your maths is correct. She was nine months pregnant. Like in water birth, am I right? <sighs> if, if she was obviously pregnant at six months, she, she would have been huge. Do you remember how big I was at yes, the end I of do. my pregnancy? Yes, like... I do. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't understand, even with a towel, I don't understand how no, you would be able to is, The other that. thing is, you see your, your daughter walking to the pool's edge with a, with a towel around her, she never does that. You see her sliding in all sheepishly and like really trying to hide her body. You'd be like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Kelly, honey, talk to me. So perhaps unsurprisingly, Kelly went into labor that night. <laughs> Yeah, she's fucking lucky it didn't happen in the pool. She Well, yeah. She attended Balmain Hospital by herself, which in itself makes me so sad. So this is her first time giving birth. Yeah. She was 19. How scary yep. being completely alone mm-hmm. in what's arguably like the most painful, most emotional moment of your life. And she had nobody who even knew she was there. I don't want to. Yeah, no, it is like, it's horrible. Yeah. It's really sad, yeah. but she, she told the doctors that she was from Perth and that all her family and stuff were back in Perth. Uh, the doctor was like classic Perth people. Yeah. She'd said that all of her OB stuff was here in Perth. Um, o- oh, OBGYN stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her obstetrics. Yeah. So this was taken on face value and didn't raise any concerns. Kelly has said, has since said that she chose Perth because it was the furthest place away. So it was just sort of like in her mind, putting distance between Mm -hmm. what was happening here because she didn't want them to know anything about her. Sure. I suppose if I was trying to like make a cover story for myself and I would obviously have to say I'm from somewhere in Australia, I'd probably say Tasmania. Yeah. You'd just pick the furthest right here. Especially like a 19 year old. This is the type of lies that a 19 year old tells. He's a pretty good lie. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's It's the type of lie a 29 year old would tell. (laughs) Two days later, it was her 20th birthday. So she got a pass from the hospital, went to her birthday party with her friends and family, and then returned to hospital with her baby. It took months to finalize the adoption of this baby, which is pretty standard, but I don't think Kelly realized Anticipated that. that. Yeah. So during these months, she visited the baby numerous times. She fed the baby. And this was again, really traumatic for her. And she said, despite what everyone thinks, she did love all of her babies. Um, less than a year later, Kelly fell pregnant again. Are these from the same guy? What, she's just not using protection or what's she going on? She is. She um, was on the pill, but she has said herself that she wasn't using it properly. So I think... No she, shit. Yeah, I think she's probably, you know, taking it one day, not taking it the next. But I do think a lot has been made of how irresponsible it was for her to just keep getting pregnant which yes true but i also think it's a little bit like simplistic and judgy to just be like and eh, she just keeps getting pregnant it's definitely reductive yeah because so like first of all for most of this story she's been a teenager so like bad decisions of course yeah exactly um, i did some incredibly reckless and irresponsible things when i was a teenager I th- yeah look i think about the times that i could have fallen pregnant the times that i you would you would think that the traumatic nature of it would be enough to like shock you into being a bit more careful being compliant with the pill the the other i'm gonna wear a condom this time 
Yeah, but re- remember well, as well, what, this is I mean? someone who's traumatized. She's been sexually assaulted. Oh, yes, yes. Look, I know it is simplistic to and, – and also – Yeah. I mean, how many guys have you had sex with that – I don't want to work on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you already have a bit of trauma and a bit of, like, you don't feel like you're in control, you're not going to be like, no, you have to wear one. You're just going to be like, okay. Yeah, I'm not – I'm not um, judging her. No, I am. I can't help it. I am, but <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's her fault and that she should have been more careful. Mm. Um, I just know that I perhaps maybe would have been, but that's you know I can't comment on that. I haven't gone through what she has. The other thing is that some people just fall pregnant really easily. Yourself. <laughs> Present yeah. company. Yes. Accepted. Yeah. Like she could have been taking the pill properly all right, the time she, she and, wasn't. Then... And, and, and i guess it's it's irrelevant her her behavior is irrelevant yeah and, and look all of that is to say that she wasn't purposely getting pregnant and you'd hope that if this story was playing out nowadays she could access better support she could get some more permanent forms of contraception she could get the rod or whatever because yeah like t- taking the pill every day for example she was drinking heavily during this time right if she had a really bad hangover or, you know, got sick for a couple of days and was throwing up, bang, that's it. The pill's not worked anymore. Like, it's it's just – I think people make a lot of, like, oh, you're on the pill, you're safe, and it's not that simple. No, no, correct. You can take um, – there's certain supplements you can take that make the pill not work and people don't realise. Like, people do get pregnant on the pill mm-hmm. quite often. Yep, look, I take your points – agree it's not fair to to just be like she should stop getting pregnant yes. i mean yes <laughs> like, yes stop getting pregnant but it's easier said than done yeah yeah like you said it's reductive it to, is reductive so anyway in september of 1996 at 21 years old kelly gave birth to a baby girl this is tegan i know uh so this was at auburn hospital two days after giving birth kelly attended a friend's wedding Nobody knew that she'd been pregnant or had given birth two days prior. And it's this time period that we're going to get into in a bit more detail later on. But for now, I want us to skip ahead a couple of years to 1999. In 1999, Kelly gave birth to another child. She had requested an abortion, I think, in Queensland because they wouldn't give her one New South Wales. South Wales. But they also wouldn't give her one in Queensland because she was 25 weeks pregnant, which is way too late. Yeah. Like if I, if you think 20 weeks is too late, 25 is way too late. That's, yeah. That baby, like... What is it, 40 weeks fully formed? 38. And a, a, a baby at 25 weeks could survive. Okay. Um, they'd need to go with like NICU and stuff. But So she decided to put this child up for adoption as well. And this was to go through Anglicare. However, Kelly gave them a bunch of false details, so they were never able to get back in touch with her, causing the adoption paperwork to lapse. So because the adoption paperwork had lapsed, this meant that the baby had essentially been abandoned. There was no caregiver, and they had to get the Department for Child Protection involved. And at this time in New South Wales, they were known as Department of Community Services or DOCS. I don't know if you're going to get into it, but why the fuck did she give them all fake information? She did for like heaps, heaps of this stuff. She, cause she just wanted to get like 
I think she thought that she'd signed the paperwork and that was good enough and she didn't want them to ever get in touch with her again. She didn't want any questions. She didn't want anything to do with it. And so her thinking was, well, I've signed, I've signed the paperwork. But so with the like, other babies that she gave up for adoption, did she not give them correct information? I don't know. I would say that maybe the process was a bit more involved by 1999, maybe. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Okay. Boy snoring. Yeah. <laughs> Please shush. He looks embarrassed. Yeah. He also looks so tired. Yeah. He went for a short walk this morning with dad. (laughs) So uh, Docs tracked her down and they called her to ask some questions and she just straight up lied to them about a heap of stuff, including telling them that this was her first child. Docs obviously knew this wasn't the case because she put the baby up for adoption in 1995. So they had that record. Not Tegan, the one before. Not Tegan, the one before Tegan. Yeah. So the worker assigned the case, his name was John, he was very suspicious of Kelly. Yeah. He looked, he, basically, Tegan's birth was never registered, right. so it could have, she could have fallen through the cracks very easily, yeah. but because this caseworker investigated thoroughly and got the hospital records, they were able to see that baby Tegan was born in 1996. So he's he's seen that there's the, the one, like the one that was born in 1995 and adopted, he's seen that there's this one now. But then because he got the hospital records, he's been like, there was one in 1996. What happened to the one in 96? Yeah. So eventually Kelly told him that the baby was living with a couple in Perth, which was also untrue. And Mm -hmm. this guy did not believe her. He was very suspicious and he reported the case to police. Perth is her like... uh her like fallback liar place she's like perth is not real so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the police didn't start investigating until 2001 Ugh. by which time kelly had given birth to another child and was married oh my God. no but this one this one was different so this one in 2001 was like she was with her partner she told her family she told everyone she kept the baby but all of her family and friends thought this was her first baby yeah so the case was first referred to manly police station Remember, Kelly's dad was a cop. Mm-hmm. He used to work at Manly Police Station. Right. Not when the case was referred there, but he did used to work there. And the officer that was assigned to her case actually did know her dad. Yeah. But he has since said that he, like that didn't affect his investigation at all. However, I probably would have been even if prudent I'm, for them to refer it to another station. Definitely a conflict of interest, I would have yeah. thought. So the investi- in the documentary, the investigation... They described it as perfunctory and basically said that they took the steps they had to, but doesn't seem like it was particularly in depth. Mm. But I'm just going to say, and I, I've said before, I'm not going to talk about my job on here, but it's very easy from the outside to go, they didn't investigate this enough. They didn't investigate that enough. But if this, this officer has done like ticked all the boxes he was meant to tick, then that's, you know, he's done his job. But the lead detective at the time has since said there were other things going on at Manly Police Station. And what he's alluding to is that at that time in that police station, there was a corruption probe happening. So he wasn't crooked. Uh-oh. Yeah, he wasn't crooked, but some of his colleagues may have been. So How do we know he wasn't crooked? Well, he was never done for corruption. Never caught, you mean? He seems legit. He <laughs> seems legit. Right. But, I'm so suspicious of all of them now. <laughs> um, but it, that all of that is just to put in context that this case was like at that time surrounded by chaos. Right. So Kelly told police that she'd given Tegan to the baby's father, a man called Andrew Morris. 
Andrew Morris, okay. In 2003, so there was a bit of a, a gap. Yep. <laughs> Police interviewed Kelly again. Wow. And this time... And this is about the baby that was born... Oh, I just hit In that. 1996. This is about the baby that was born in 96. Yeah. And they come back... They circle back in 2003. But it was... It, so it was referred in 1999. Yep. They followed up in 2001. And they... They said, no, nothing to say here. Yeah. I don't know if the case was officially closed in 2001. I'm guessing not because it was 2003 when it was picked up again. Yeah. It's, okay. it's just a little bit weird. It's yeah. a little bit weird how right. it's sort of... Right. Um, Unimportant. In 2003, police interviewed Kelly again, and this time she said that the man's name was Andrew Norris with an N. Her story of that day is as follows. Kelly says she gave baby a bath and a feed, then Andrew showed up and they were discharged, and then in the foyer of the hospital they met Mel, Andrew's new partner, and her mum. She said that they were in the foyer for about 15 minutes before they took the baby. This all apparently happened around lunchtime. The nurse's note says that she left the hospital at 2 p.m. So to drive back to, and she got to her parents' house at 3 p.m. that day. So the the nurse's note says she left at 2. To drive back to her parents' house and then she got to a wedding at 4 o'clock. So she got back to her parents' house at 3, got changed, got dressed, got to this wedding by four o'clock and there is video footage of her at this wedding. It would have given her like minutes to kill this baby and dispose of a body. So just keep that in mind. When asked in the documentary if she could have done something to Tegan, Kelly said if Andrew hadn't shown up, she would have just left her there or gone through the adoption process again. Um, She said she'd done that 18 months earlier and obviously she did it again in 1999. Kelly said she wanted to take Tegan home, but she knew she couldn't be the parent she wanted to be. When asked why she hid so many pregnancies, including this one, Kelly said that she was concerned about the reactions of friends and family. In 2005, police referred the case to the New South Wales coroner after unsuccessfully trying to find this Andrew guy and baby Tegan. In 2006, New South Wales coroner John Abernathy QC concluded that he was comfortably satisfied that Tegan Lane is in fact deceased. He went on to raise his suspicions that she'd been murdered and referred the matter to the homicide squad. The coroner did say, however, that there was still a chance Tegan was alive somewhere. And just a note on this inquest, they offered Kelly immunity and they had a media suppression order on if she would just reveal where Tegan was or what had happened to her. Even if she was dead, she could have been granted immunity if there were certain circumstances around the death. So she wouldn't have been given immunity if it was like straight up murder, but if it was manslaughter or something, they had the authority to grant her immunity and that was put on the table for her as well as the media suppression. So keep in mind that to Kelly, the most important thing is like, people not finding out about this but Kelly always maintained that baby was with her father and she didn't know where he was and at this inquest she was also directly asked if something had happened to Tegan and a lot was made of her not saying anything she just stayed quiet but she since said that her defense had told her not to speak and she says that she was completely guided by her legal team at that time hey what are your thoughts so far you haven't presented anything to me that um has changed my mind yet okay you said it, remember that would give her minutes to kill and dispose of her baby mm. you can do that i suppose a baby is quite easy to kill yeah but the baby was not found like they they searched her parents house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the baby was not there anywhere yeah. the remains were not there anywhere yeah. they also tapped her phone and um when they were doing the search of her parents house and you know the raising the backyard and the, you know searching for the body 
um, she was on the phone to someone and she was like, they can fucking dig to China. I don't care. They're not going to find anything. Like she was very, they're not going to find anything. There's, there's no body. There's no baby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the police investigation resumed in 2006, at which time the homicide squad were mainly focused on trying to find Andrew Norris. So the police undertook quite an exhaustive search and were unable to find him or Tegan. At the conclusion of their investigation, actually, it wasn't it wasn't the conclusion of their investigation. Um, we'll get into that later, though, because it's it gets like muddy. Police conceded that while it was suspicious, there was no body and no conclusive evidence that Kelly had harmed Baby Tegan, and therefore they didn't press charges. But because of how suspicious it was, they referred the case to the director of public prosecutions for advice on whether they like had a leg to stand on to take it to trial. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, they said yes. So she was charged with murder and she pled not guilty. And the matter went to trial in 2009. So long after. That 13 years after the fact. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just want to mention that this DPP guy, the director of public prosecutions, in the documentary he comes off, so sexist so i want you to hear some of the things that he says so he says of the case that kelly's conduct over a number of years made the case a priority over other cases like what conduct getting pregnant Mm. having sex with multiple people kelly is a slut therefore yeah exactly like the wish that she is exactly uh when asked if kelly was a threat to society he goes she certainly was a threat to the virile young men in the community. Uh. And then he laughed. So, <laughs> and this comes across in a lot of the media coverage at the time as well. There was yeah, this of course it would. Yeah. Real undercurrent of like, I would say it was slutty like McSlut overcurrent, part. right? Yeah, it wasn't subtle. Mm. It was gross. Mm. So, all that being said. We're going to get into the trial now. So the trial of Kelly Lane was incredibly high profile here in Australia. I don't know if you remember it. I remember it. When I, was it? 2009? 2009? 2000, yeah, 2009. Um, no, I don't remember it. You would have been in high school. Yep, I would have been in year 11. Yeah. And I do not have any memory of it whatsoever. Wow, okay. I remember it being all over the news. Yeah, well, you're older than me. You just weren't that cultured. You're considerably older than me. I'm two years older than you. You are old. It's like talking to Greg when he's like, you're so much older than me. And I'm like, I'm two months older than you. (laughs) (laughs) The Crown, which is the prosecution here in Australia, alleged that Kelly had killed baby Tegan and spent much of the trial talking about her previous pregnancies. Now, the way that they got away with this, because obviously that's not it's more relevant. It's more prejudicial than probative. Yep. The way they got around this was that they added charges of perjury because of when she'd lied to police. And okay. Clever. Yeah. Um, now, so this this gave them free reign to, to shit all bring, over bring it. Bring up every, every single time. Every little indiscretion. Uh-huh, yep. Uh-huh. Um, the judge actually asked the defense if they wanted to get rid of that. He said, that like, that's an option. You can, you can get rid of these perjury mm-hmm. charges. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. It seems like the defense rested on their laurels a little bit. And all the way through, it seems like they were like, well, she's not going to get charged. They're not going to, there's no evidence. They're not going to find her guilty. Yeah, right. There's a few things the defense do or like didn't do where it's like, 
someone that could have made quite a big difference and this is one of them so yeah the jurors heard about every everything Mm -hmm. all of the stuff that wasn't really relevant now like I said before when I was I would have thought though I'm just wondering if perhaps the defense didn't move to have that struck from from being spoken about Mm. because I would have thought that the fact that she has had these pregnancies before and every single time has given the baby up for adoption would go more, more towards you know they could argue well why would she not do that this time I think what the prosecution was doing was just making her out to be a big liar because they're like, look, she lied about this. She lied about that. Sure. But the defense could spin it and say, yes, she did have all these pregnancies and every single time she had, she had, uh, she gave it up for adoption. Why would this time be any different? Yeah. Well, at that stage there was, uh, she'd only like before Tegan, she'd only given one baby up for adoption. The other two were abortions. Yeah. But then after then yeah. she had another one that she gave up for adoption. Yeah. And this is in 2009, so they could have I – mean, I'm guessing that the, the prosecution brought up that 2000 – the next one after The 1999 yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Maybe, um, maybe that's why they didn't, you know – Perhaps, yeah. Remove, um, yeah, it's, it's easy – like, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> like, it's easy for me to be like, why didn't they get rid of that? Um, now, you, before, remember I said about the police investigation mm-hmm. – the police investigation was continuing while the trial was taking place. You can't do that. Yeah. No, you can, but... So generally, by the point of a trial, the investigation should be complete. I mean, I, I suppose it can be complete to the point where you, you have enough evidence to bring this person to trial, but then you can t- continue to... And that's what they did. And yeah. what was happening with that was Kelly's defense kept getting blindsided with like, we found this new evidence. We found this new evidence. How are you going to respond to this? All hours of the day, they were getting new stuff thrown at them that they had to respond to in court that they didn't have time to sufficiently prepare for. Uh, I don't think that would happen today. You have to give the person, give the, give the opposition. Yeah. Well, the judge on the case, he, towards the end, he did warn them and was like, this can't keep happening, but it was happening throughout the trial. I mean, like in the trial of the Claremont serial killer, it got delayed and delayed because they had to give the um, defense time discovery because the Mm. um, prosecution extra information. And at one point the judge said, I'm going to give you like 13 more days and that's it. Mm. And at that point in time, no more evidence can come in because the defense needs time for their discovery. Yeah. I th- well, it sounds like maybe there was something similar going on here. Mm. So while we're on the topic of the police investigation, there were some issues with that. Here's where I might get you on my side a bit. So I did say earlier that they performed an exhaustive search to find this Andrew Norris guy, but they did miss a few important things. So first of all, they were able to obtain Kelly's phone records from December of 96 onwards. She got a new phone or something. Tegan was born in September. So the police said that it was outside the window of interest and they didn't bother accessing those records. But in the police interviews, when they're interviewing Kelly, they ask her when the last time she spoke to Andrew was. She said it was around January of 1997. So that means there would have been in her phone records, his number would have been in there, but they didn't access the records. And because this took so long for this investigation to happen by that time those records had been destroyed so his his phone number could have been in there all of this could have been avoided if she was telling the truth Mm -hmm. his phone number would have been in there okay another particularly dodgy thing that happened is they found a guy called andrew morris who said that he'd basically had sex with some blonde girl down by the beach and never got her name so they pulled him in for questioning 
led him to believe, showed him pictures of Kelly and were like, could this have been the girl? And he was like, she looks familiar. And they basically led him to believe that it was Kelly that he'd had sex with. Um, He's since said that he doesn't think it was. He said it's probably just someone who looked a bit like her. Kelly said it absolutely was not her. She's like, I don't know who that guy is. Never seen him before. (laughs) Um, And the Andrew that she was seeing, she was seeing him over a period of a couple of months or weeks or something. It wasn't just a one night stand. So it gets really dodgy here because they were going to bring this guy in as a witness in the trial to basically say, yep, I'm Andrew Morris. I had sex with Kelly. I don't have the baby, which is so fucked. Like (laughs) they're just like making this shit up. Mm -hmm. The reason they didn't is because it was not because like that's super flimsy. It's because they struck a deal for him not to be called as a witness. So one of Kelly's witnesses wasn't called. Kelly's witness was a lady called Natalie. Natalie had been her friend for a while and recalled a night at the pub where Kelly had said she was having an affair with a guy called Andrew. So you might say that because it's her friend, that's not particularly credible, but this just keep in mind that this woman has worked in child protection. Um, she's like a fairly credible sort of person. And she said adamantly that she would never lie to protect someone if they'd hurt a child. Another thing that was missed. Police said that everyone in the apartment block where Andrew supposedly lived had been spoken with and none of them remember seeing him or Kelly. That's actually not true as the ABC tracked down a guy who was living there at the time and remembered Kelly. He said that he was often down in the garage at like 1 or 2 a.m. working on his car and he would often see Kelly exit out of the garage at that time and he said he specifically remembered her because he thought that it was brave for her to be leaving at that time of night just by herself. So all of the above I think culminates in two words and that's reasonable doubt. Um... I have more to go. Okay. The prosecution accused Kelly of hiding all of her pregnancies to protect her reputation and image in her community. Personally, to me, it seems like she was more just trying to protect her parents. I think she cared mostly about what they thought and about what it would look like to them. Most of the evidence presented by the prosecution was the same info that had come up in the docs investigation, the police investigation and the coronial inquest. However, they also stated that Kelly had left the hospital several hours earlier than she'd said. Um, But it turns out that this wasn't necessarily true. It's a little bit weird. So Kelly had said that she thought it was about lunchtime. The nurse had wrote down 2 p.m. But then when this case became bigger than Ben-Hur, the nurse came back and was like, actually, it was 11. They were like, why'd you write down 2 then? She was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was 11. So that's dodgy, no? Yeah. They also suggested that aside from wanting to maintain her image, a motive for Kelly may have been that she was hoping to represent Australia at the upcoming Sydney Olympics in 2000. This was disputed by her friends who said that Kelly knew if she wanted to go to the Olympics, she'd have to give up her social life and she'd have to basically, it would have to be just Olympic training. That's all she'd be able to do if she wanted to go to the Olympics. And her coach also said that was never a thing they were working on. Kelly herself has said that while that would have been great, she was focused on becoming a sports teacher at that time. So they've got a lot of like assumptions and a lot of, well, it was because of this and it was because of that. I don't know. Right. So they're trying to prove a motive. Yeah. You don't need a motive. Nice to have a motive, but it's not necessary. It's also nice to have a body. It's also nice to have some evidence. (laughs) Correct. 
Uh, but I think the evidence is in the lack of evidence that they, there's, you know, this case you're saying it was huge in Australia, obviously mm-hmm. not to me, but <laughs> to everyone else. Um, why the fuck did Andrew Norris not come forward and say, actually, yeah, yeah. I have a theory about that. Right. I'll get to that at all the right, end. All right, all right. So the prosecution also raised how many different versions of the story Kelly had told as evidence that she was a pathological liar. But Kelly has conceded that she lied at the start. And I'm going to say, I've already said this, but I think we need to remember that at the start, she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like, teenagers lie. I also think that you, Sarah, (laughs) have maybe left out information and have focused on the information that makes her seem innocent. I haven't. I I disagree. What have I left out? I don't know, because I haven't researched this case. Yeah, well, I have. (laughs) I'm telling you, I haven't. (laughs) I think the listeners need to know that you're presenting them a one-sided case here. I am not. I don't (laughs) feel like I'm... I'm just saying the things that the prosecution have left out. Sure. Not the things they put in. Well, the stuff that they put in is that she had this baby, killed it in some unknown way. They don't even know how, because there's nobody... So they don't know how, they don't know why, they don't know when. Well, they, they, they've, they got, they've got theories about why. Yeah, they, they don't right, have going. anything. Kelly's defense was mainly just the lack of evidence from the prosecution. Without a body, they couldn't actually prove that Tegan had been killed, much less that Kelly was responsible. The Taylor Swift song called No Body, No Crime. Yeah. To recap, Kelly was pregnant five times in the course of seven years, beginning when she was still in high school. She had two abortions, two of her babies were adopted, and there's a question regarding what happened to Tegan. Kelly maintains that Tegan was taken by her biological father and his girlfriend, and she's not heard from them since early 1997. At the end of the trial, the judge, Anthony Wheely, said to the jurors, suspicion, even the gravest suspicion is never a substitute for proof beyond reasonable doubt. The judge has since said that he did not believe it had been proved beyond reasonable doubt. That being said, he wasn't the one who made the ultimate decision and the jury found Kelly guilty 11 to 1. Kelly collapsed when she heard the verdict and she's later said that everyone had told her she'd be found not guilty and she hadn't prepared at all for the chance of being found guilty. She'd not even properly said goodbye to her daughter that morning. She'd just taken her to school like normal because she was just like... Oh yeah, they've all said we'll get off. It's not, we're not going to be found guilty. The lead detective on this case was shocked that Kelly was found guilty. So she said that she does believe she was guilty, but she didn't think she got a fair trial. So that's the thing. I think uh, she sh- that there is reasonable doubt she should not have been found guilty. Mm-hmm. I think she killed her, her daughter. Yeah, but regardless, she shouldn't have been found guilty. Correct. There's um, the, the case is not good enough no. for her to be found guilty. Mm-hmm. However, I do think she was guilty. But that's really, doesn't really matter if you think she was. No, of course not. Because our whole justice system is based on being proved with beyond reasonable doubt. Correct. I don't actually, I'm not like 100%, oh yeah, she's innocent. I just think that this is proper bullshit, the way this case was put forward and the fact that she's been in jail for 13 years for this. Like, mm-hmm. So after this trial the judge stopped doing he was like i'm not doing any more criminal trials and he didn't preside over any more criminal trials how old was he oh i think he was pretty old most judges are. (laughs) but he said that it was because of this case that he didn't want to do it anymore the lead detective was medically discharged with ptsd after this case because she again was like i mean she was the lead detective and she was like this is not 
Kelly has said that she doesn't want to interrupt Tegan's life, but for the sake of her family, she wants to find her. It's very possible there's a girl out there now, she'd be around Becky's age, who doesn't even know that she's Tegan Lane. Many people still believe this is a miscarriage of justice. I, th- I think it was a miscarriage of justice. I don't think... I think if I was on that jury and every, uh, you know, maybe there's things that you've left out. Well, I'm telling you, I searched, like I said to you before we started recording, most of the sources that I was looking at were very, like, very much, she's guilty. She's a baby killer. She's a, I mean, the wording that they use in some of them was fucking annoying, like dramatized, but most of them were like, against her i there was only that documentary and like one other source that i found i think it was like the innocence project or anything i didn't i didn't quote it because i didn't use anything from it but most of them were against her regardless uh i think that without body at any the thing say andrew this andrew guy took the baby he could have walked outside and killed the baby is that your theory as to why he hasn't come forward? No. Why, why hasn't he come forward? My theory as to why he hasn't come forward is, so Kelly says, that, and this is, you know, I'm not saying that I 100% believe she didn't harm the baby. I think it's possible because um, it is weird. But um, there's the possibility that Andrew, so Andrew and his partner Mel took the baby, right? Yep. They've just gone, we're raising this baby as if it's ours, as if, you know, Mel, I'm this baby's mum. We're going to change her name. She's going to be our daughter. We're never going to tell her. And if they were to come forward at any point, they would have to admit to their daughter that Mel wasn't there, wasn't her real mum. Not necessarily. They could have, he could have gone to the cops and gone, look, I am Andrew Norris. Yes, I have Tegan. I cannot let her identity come out. She does not know. There's no media suppression on it. It would come well, out. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, he did what he's gonna let he's gonna let her go to prison for 13 years he's gonna let her name be dragged through the mud if it means his his daughter like his family not being blown apart i I could i could believe somebody would do that i mean look at all the crazy stuff in this case already stuff that kelly's done yeah (laughs) people do crazy shit like um look do i think kelly killed uh t and yes do i think uh she should be in prison at the moment no Okay. Well, we can. There's the Venn diagram there, and we can meet in the middle okay. that she shouldn't be in prison. Yeah, well, she's probably going to get out next year anyway, so. I hope she does. She doesn't deserve to be in prison. Well, I believe that she killed her kid, so. All right. <laughs> what do you think, gang? Yeah, I would love to hear people's thoughts on this because I think it is a really polarizing one. You either yeah. like. That means that, like, there's the, you know, you think she did it or she didn't. I'm kind of of the thought process of. As it stands, it doesn't really matter because they weren't able to prove it. So, mm. I mean, I guess they, you would say they were able to prove it because she was convicted. But mm. I i just think that, I also think there was so much sexism in this case and so much like misogyny. And I think that all of that. Impossible to get a fair trial with that being bandied around. A little bit. And it's just like. Going through and doing the research for this, the articles, like the language that they use about her Mm. um, and the way they talk about her sex life all the time, like they'll just randomly throw in and between this time period, 
uh, Kelly also slept with a married man. And then this happened. And like, it, it's just stuff like that where it's like, why did you put that in? Yeah. Like, and they, they were well, talking yeah, about when gonna... she was like 18 or something. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I mean, what was the married man's name? Why don't you drag his name through the mud? He's yeah. the one who was married. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's that kind of stuff that yeah. it, it was really annoying um, and really obvious and yucky. I, I feel I feel angry on Kelly's behalf because of all of that, because of that kind of shit, and then also because she didn't get a fair trial. She didn't apply for like a... She did. Yeah. And it was rejected. On what grounds? I don't know. <laughs> she's, I know that she's exhausted all like appeal options. Yeah. But see, like imagine... I don't know, 20 years time, someone in Tegan, in inverted commas, Mm -hmm. somebody in her life says, I'm going to tell you, like, I've got to tell you, you're Tegan Lane. Uh And Tegan Lane comes forward and they find out that. Imagine. Yeah, that could happen. That's the thing that could happen. They haven't presented any evidence that is like, well, that can't happen because she's dead. Mm -hmm. It could happen. Mm -hmm. We don't know that she's dead. Yeah, look, I'll wrap it up there. I think I've talked very passionately and I don't want, I don't want to like, if whatever you believe is fine, if you believe that she's guilty and she should be in jail, that's fine. It's just, I feel passionate about this because like I say, I'm angry on her behalf. I, it, it worries me that it worries me that she's in jail. Do you think you're going to go to jail? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've seen Abby. <laughs> I know that she's in her room at the moment. She's okay. <laughs> no, um, I just, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't follow the rules it it's they, not, it doesn't feel fair it doesn't feel fair they yeah. can send her to jail they can do that but there, there needs to be evidence beyond reasonable doubt like right. that's the whole basis like i said at the start that's the whole basis of our legal system made an impassioned plea <laughs> <laughs> let her out to, yeah to, to nobody <laughs> anyway that's uh that's the case of kelly lane thanks for covering it I didn't want to because I don't care as much as you do. Well, look, I'll be all over this next year when her parole. Oh, yeah. We'll give an update. Yeah. If we're still doing it. Hopefully we are. Yeah. All right. What are you doing next time? We're, we're going to record straight after, so I'm not going to say next week. But next for, week. for you guys, it's next week. I'm going to cover the case, the story of Ada Blackjack. Oh, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds fun. It is fun. It's very fun. It's very, very, very fun. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Um, tune in there. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Follow the Instagram. Do, Listen. Do all the stuff. You just want to like have it on in the background, but on mute. Oh yeah, do that because it's it still like counts as a listen. But if you rate and review and subscribe, that um that's really good because it like makes the algorithm like it makes the podcast pop up to other people. Make that podcast pop. All right. Thanks everyone. <laughs> Weird ending. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>